Hello, this is the WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. Each week we talk to one of your favorite WGN Morning News personalities. We ask them personal questions and try to make them squirm a little bit. We dig up the scuttlebutt and dish on the hot goss. Ross, what do you like most about this week's guest? I like this week's guest because he's always making fun of me but I think he likes me. How about you, Brian? What do you like about this week's guest? I love this week's guest because he's short, but he's not too short. This is the WGM Morning News Podcast. Our guest this week is morning show sports anchor Pat Tomasulo. Pat joins us now. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Good to to be here with you. I got to say, that is easily... The most official I have ever heard you sound in the, how many years have we known each other? At least six? A few years, yeah. Yeah. That was that was very NPR-esque. Thank right you. There. Yeah, no, it was very professional. Well, Pat, we work for Channel 9. This is a behind-the-scenes podcast where we learn secrets about you. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could ask you nine very personal questions. Are you willing to answer my questions? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. You hesitated. Well, um... Well, let's see how personal they are. I would imagine I'll be up for answering all nine of them, but uh, I I do want the power to veto. I do have the power to veto. Of course I have the power to veto, but I'll probably answer all nine. Let's go. All right, time now for nine very personal questions. These are nine very personal questions. All right, Pat, are you ready? Yes. Question number one. What is the best dessert? Ooh, what is the best dessert? Are you talking my personal preference or what I think is the best dessert for all mankind? Because those are two different things. Personally, uh, I love a good cheesecake. Uh, I, I, I'll take any kind of cheesecake. You put you could put fruit on top of it. You could put a graham cracker crust. You could do a, uh, a baby Watson with no crust at all. And I will devour that, that cheesecake. But I am sensitive to the fact that there are a lot of lactose intolerant people out there, right? So for me to say that cheesecake is the best dessert, well, that could be alienating a good portion of this listening audience right now. So I think if you're going to go with a good utilitarian dessert that I think most of the population loves, you can never go wrong with a solid piece of chocolate cake. But for me personally, cheesecake, nine times out of nine. Which actor would play you in the WGN Morning News movie? Oh, boy. I get compared to a, uh, a lot of different actors and celebrities. And let me tell you, my friend, they run the gamut. Uh, everybody from uh, Gilbert Godfrey uh, to Ben Affleck to uh, Tom Cruise. And let me just say this. A lot of times you get these trolls on the uh, on the old Facebook or all the comment and like, oh, look, look at him, he's Gilbert Gottfried. Like that would be such a terrible thing. Gilbert Gottfried was a filthy rich stand-up comedian who made a ton of money. I'll take that comparison any day. Did you say though, t- Tom Cruise? Did you I say- have been told I look like him. What do you want from me? I didn't say it. It's not like I'm going around telling people I look like him, but people have said I do. I'm gonna be honest, man. I don't see that. I don't really care what you see. I'm just telling you what other people have told me. Now, is that because you're both short? And I'm not saying that I do look like him in any way, shape, or form. I'm just repeating what's been told to me. Is it because you're both short? I have no idea. You're asking me. I don't think I look like him. I'm just telling you what other people have said. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't care. I thought this was going to be like personal questions. Like, what kind of relationship do you have with your father? I thought that's the kind of personal questions Please. we were going to get into. How are things with your dad? Things are great with my dad. I talked to him the other day. We talked about uh, the Yankees. He was talking about uh, somebody he went out to dinner with. You know, parent conversations. 
Nobody died. That was good. You know, you know it is. You get to a point. I don't know if you guys are at this point yet, where you have a conversation with your parents, and somebody's always dying or in the hospital. But uh, we got through this round with uh, no casualties, so that was nice. Let's say you have three hours to yourself without any commitments. How do you spend that time? Um, boy, that's a good question. If possible, with my wife. We we don't go out all that much, as you know. Amy has a myriad of of uh, health issues and, and conditions. So if I have three hours to myself where I don't have work, where I don't have anywhere to be, um, generally I would be spending it with her. Yeah, I'm not like you. You're a big, I, I talk to you. You've always got stuff going on. You're jet setting here, you're jet setting there, you're going to concerts, you're going out to the latest restaurants. For me, I get three hours, we're doing takeout, We're watching a couple episodes of Cobra Kai. We're going to play with the dog a little bit, and I'll probably fall asleep for 20 minutes out of that three hours. That's it. I'm a simple guy. Which movie is the best movie? Of all time? The Godfather. Hands down. No discussion. No debate. I heard LaShock on here the other day talking about Back to the Future being the greatest movie of all time. Um, All due respect to Marcus. Uh, Back to the Future. Great film. I would even put it up there among, I don't know, maybe the top 50, top 100, maybe the top 25. I don't know where to rank. I'd have to rank them. But number one, w- without without any argument from anybody, the Godfather. What is your favorite word? <laughs> not one I can say on this podcast. <laughs> you guys told me not to curse. So, no, I can't say what my favorite word would be on this podcast. But uh, uh, it's a compound word. And it's, uh, it's one that I uh, say very loudly a lot when I'm driving to myself directed at other drivers. It's a good one. Yeah, I think you know which one I'm talking about. Least favorite smell. So we just got this, uh, this dishwasher and we moved into the new house. You know when you have a, di- do you have a dishwasher? I do. Yeah, you have a dishwasher and a lot of times you put like uh, plastic in there, like those plastic uh, tubs and stuff. Never gets them dry, right? You always got to dry them yourself. This dishwasher, let me tell you, and I'm not going to name the brand because I'm not name dropping anybody, gets them all dry. The key, I'm going to tell you what the key is. It's got this mineral puck of some sort. I don't know what it's called, but it's in the dishwasher. This mineral uh, does something in there that gets the dishes incredibly dry. The downfall is that It smells to holy hell. Not bad. It's not a bad smell. It's not like a fart or it's not like uh, sulfury. It's just a very distinct smell that the first time I got a whiff of it was when I had the stomach flu and it made me nauseous. So now every time when I open that dishwasher, it's the worst smell in the world to me. The worst. Do you have like sensory issues? Uh, just for just for my dishwasher. No, that's it. No, I have no sensory issues whatsoever. Uh, but you know how like when like like when you're sick and you smell something that doesn't agree with you, or if you're sick, the last meal you ate, you can't eat that meal ever again. The smell of our dishwasher is that smell for me. The good part about it is though that I'm only gonna have to deal with it for the next eight to nine years. <laughs> When you order a pizza, I know they told you not to make this about you, but you can laugh at me. Like I know I'm, I know I'm delivering the goods right now, <laughs> so I know they told you like, hey, it's not about you guys. Don't, but you can laugh because I feel like, 
Can I tell you what I feel like right now? I feel like I'm at an open mic on a Tuesday night with 12 people in the crowd and I'm delivering a material <laughs> and getting nothing in return. So if I don't start getting some kind of, you're like, you can laugh. Are you going to storm out of here? No, no, but I'm giving you permission. And if anybody comes to you and says that was too much laughing, you send them my way. Okay. Cause I got a contract and they can't fire me yet for speaking my mind. Let's go. Next question. All right. When you order a pizza, where do you like to order from, and what are your go-to toppings? Oh, I'll tell you what. When I did my own podcast, I feel like I've given him so many plugs, but the guy, he deserves it. Have you ordered from him yet? Professor Pizza? Professor Pizza. Mm -hmm. He does deliver now. He runs out of a little ghost kitchen in Humboldt Park. Uh, he's actually getting, I think, uh, a storefront soon. Fantastic pizza. He makes a grandma style, which I had never really had. I'm a New York or Chicago style pizza guy. I had never had grandma-style pizza, but he has like this charred pepperoni with whipped ricotta on it and this hot honey on it. Bro, you that's the one you got, right? It's like the first time I bet it, I was like, this is one of the top three pizzas I've ever had in my life easily. Um, so usually I'll get that from him or I'll order his Sicilian pie. He makes a very good Sicilian pizza, too. He makes everything. He makes Detroit. He makes uh, Chicago style, New York style. But the grandma style and the Sicilian, for me, top, top notch. What do you think happens when we die? Oh, God. What do I think happens when we die? Um, I have no idea. I, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, Boy, that's an interesting question to uh, ask a man who is dealing with those issues of mortality at this point in his life. You'll get there real soon, believe me. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't know. You know, I was, um, I was raised in a very uh, religious household. Um, church going kid must have gone to church two, three times a week. Youth group, all that stuff, and. Um, you know, for uh, a number of, of, of different reasons, that's uh, no longer a part of my life. And I um, certainly do not begrudge anybody who holds those views or, or who was a part of my life back then. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I really envy people that have that kind of uh, faith in an afterlife and in, in, in a, uh, a heaven or a hell. Um, but I don't know. You know, I, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not, um, I don't think I'm arrogant enough to, to, uh, say that I don't believe in something or confident enough to say that I do. So I think I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you could say I'm searching, but, um, I, I really have absolutely no idea i know what i would like to believe i know what i would you know i would love to believe in in uh in all of us going someplace awesome when we die and be reunited with our dogs uh people yeah them too but mainly <laughs> our dogs uh you know and a, a handful of people uh but yeah that would be nice does it worry you that you don't know or um i think everybody has their moments in silence where they like all of a sudden it hits them they're like oh my god i have no idea what the hell all of this is about or what this is for but i think if you think about that every day you'll never live your life right like you will you will be so paralyzed by fear 
and so paralyzed by uh, the what ifs and the unknowns that that you won't live your life um, at all. For me, the best I can do is live my life trying to be the best person I can be, do uh, as much as I can for other people, uh, be a good husband, be a good friend, and uh, if there if there is something after this, hopefully that's enough. If you weren't at the old number nine, where would you be? Honestly, if I was not here, I don't think I would be in this business. I know we joke a lot about where we work and about um, you know they don't you know they're cheap and they don't do this they don't do that. What they also do is leave us alone for the most part, right? Like you don't you don't get that at other stations, I don't believe, or so I've heard, right? You know, we're we're on the morning show. They know what they have. They trust us to do our jobs. They're not down our throats all the time. They're not breathing down our necks. They're not telling us what to wear, how to comb our hair, how to do our facial hair. That's like at other stations, man, that stuff is rampant. I would lose my mind. I think you know me well enough to know that I could not survive in an, in an environment like that. You know, I've always had this idea about, uh, I think I would have made a good teacher and coach. I don't know what I would have taught, maybe English, maybe history. Um, but I, I could have seen myself doing something like that, coaching wrestling and, and being a, uh, a, a teacher for sure. Um, that's really it. I don't really have many, many skills beyond what I do now. So it's hard for me to envision me doing anything else. Not that teachers don't require skills. I don't, I want to make sure I'm not, I'm not, uh, being taken out of context there. But uh, yeah, I think maybe that might have been something I would have done. So you like kids? I don't. I you know I don't. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. I never think of that. You you just brought up a good point. I don't know that I could do it. I I I in theory I think I could be a good coach. I could be a good coach. Maybe not the teaching. You're right. Forget teaching. Scratch that whole thing. <laughs> Scrap that whole thing. Because high school kids are annoying. Oh, they know right. They know everything. Like, I mean, high school kids now, and they think they're so cool. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm so much cooler than you. Do you have any idea? You think because you know the lyrics to a Billie Eilish song that makes you, you know what I've done in my life and what I've accomplished? What have you done? You made the honor roll and you won a limp sync competition. Do you know what I've done? So maybe I wouldn't be a teacher. But coach, yeah, I could see myself coaching. Well, that was question number nine. I had okay. one last bonus question. Okay, I love bonus questions. It's a little controversial. Right. Is, what's more controversial than asking me if I believe in heaven? I don't know that there's anything... But go ahead. This is a bonus controversial question. What's the best advice you've ever been given in your life? I don't know that there's necessarily advice that I've uh, been given, per se. I think there is advice that I've gleaned from reading different books and reading different teachings. I've been reading a lot about the whole concept of mindfulness. And, and, and it's, I know it sounds like just the whole term of it is new agey and, and you know, you know, meditation and all that stuff. But there is, you, you really, until you sit and, and really reflect on how much you are never thinking about what you're doing in the present moment, like you really become blown away. Like how often your mind is on what you have to do later, what's coming up this weekend, what happened last weekend. It's like one of the greatest lessons I think I've learned in the last year or so is just to be a little bit more, it's just, it sounds simple. It's not though. It's just being a little bit more present in the moment, you know, and not being so uh, caught up in, in, in all the, you know, exterior stuff. 
Do you meditate? I do meditate, yeah. Do you find that it helps you? I do. Yeah, I do. I um, I usually do about 20 minutes every morning. You know, some days it's easier than others. Um, but I do. I do find that it helps me to um, just kind of be a little bit more centered. It's not uh, a, a cure-all, right? It's not one of those things where uh, your whole life is going to change when you do it. Uh, but I do find that it's just a good practice to get into. And it's just breathing, you know, breathing, you know, focusing on your breath and focusing on what you're doing in, in the present moment. So, yeah, I, I definitely have found that it's helped. Yeah. All right. This has been nine very personal questions. These are nine very personal questions. You're listening to the WGN Morning News podcast. More with Pat Tomasulo coming up. You're listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. Next week, we'll be joined by morning show anchor Larry Potash. If you have a question for Larry, call 773-883-3323. That's 773-883-3323. You can leave a voicemail and ask Larry whatever you want. Then we'll play it for him when we record his interview and force him to answer your question. Make it interesting. Make it funny. Let's have some fun. One more time. 773-883-3323. Call now. This is the WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm Pat Tomasulo. Hey, thanks, Pat. Ross, I heard you found a clip. Yeah, Brian, I found a clip featuring this week's guest, Pat Tomasulo. Then I guess we should play a clip. Let's play a clip. Let's play a clip. All right, Pat, this segment is called Let's Play a Clip, and this clip shows off your romantic side. Mm. You should dream about being married to me. Really? Are you doing Not everything for your sense, wife? Because that would be creepy. So of you course. just do everything for her. Every Sunday, flowers. Every morning, she gets notes. Really? I do the groceries. Yeah, really. You get flowers every Sunday. Every Sunday. <laughs> and call notes her and every ask day. Her. You want to call her right now? Yeah, let's get her on the line. Hello? Hey, you watching the show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, them, tell them what's going on. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, yeah, you're on TV. Come on, woman. Does he get you flowers every Sunday? Every Sunday. What? Yeah. What are you giving him? <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> so what what does your wife do for you? Uh, not what Larry was insinuating, <laughs> no. Okay. At okay. Least, <laughs> at least not as often as I would like. You know what I'm saying, uh, Brian? <laughs> huh? Huh, Brian? Come on, Brian. You can laugh. Leave me out of this. So flowers notes. Uh, when yeah. did you start buying Amy flowers? Well, I always bought her flowers... Uh, occasionally it didn't have to be any kind of special occasion here's what you do fellas i i don't go in there and just buy the pre-made arrangements okay it's not what i do i go and i pick out three or four different flowers to be arranged by the florist it's curated by me every week and let me tell you how many times I've been walking around with those flowers, and women in the store have stopped me and said, oh, my God, those are beautiful flowers. How do I get those? And I'm like, you get yourself a husband who gets his ass here at 7 o'clock in the morning to pick these flowers out. That's how you get those flowers. Wow. Um, so that probably it's probably been a good seven years that I started doing the every Sunday uh, flower routine. Do you go seasonal flowers? Is there a certain flower that Amy loves? I go, well, she loves peonies, but those mm -hmm. have a very limited uh, season. 
Those are usually uh, Mother's Day through uh, the summer, and then no more peonies. She likes ranunculus, okay, uh, but they don't have ranunculus a lot. Uh, so uh, I, I, she does. She does not like calla lilies. That I will say. She hates a calla lily, which is a shame because I think a calla lily is a beautiful delicate flower <laughs> i really do it kills me that she hates calla lilies i'm like you won't let me i love the calla lily so um so i just you know i take whatever they have there and uh i put together a little arrangement yeah and i bring them home fun fact um i personally hate the smell of flowers that's the second smell i hate the most <laughs> and i'm gonna tell you why and this is really gonna peel a layer off the onion uh but um I'm Italian. Uh, so Italians uh, have this habit of bringing children to funerals. So I started going to funerals when I was, God, I don't know, uh, six years old, okay. five years old. <laughs> yeah. And at that point in time, this was the mid 80s, they were like three full days, two to five, seven to nine. And uh, somebody was always dying because we had a big Italian family. So I always equated the smell of flowers with death. Even now, I'll walk in my house sometimes and the flowers will, will smell really bad. I'm like, it smells like my Aunt Margie died in here. I can't <laughs> deal with this. But because I love my wife and she loves the flowers, I continue to do it. That's lovely. Uh, how did you meet Amy? I met Amy in uh, 2001 in a bar in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Ooh. which uh, is probably the last place on earth I would have thought I would have met uh, my future wife. It was my first job out there, and I had uh, been there for roughly uh, a year, I would say. No, but there were no young people there, so I'd kind of run through my share of divorcees and, uh, <laughs> you know, women significantly older than me and single for a reason. Um, and I was like, I was done. I was just done. I was, and my buddy was like, "Hey, there's this girl that I've been seeing around town that I really wanna, I wanna go out tonight, see if I can meet her at the bar." And I'm like, "He's like, you gotta come with me." And I'm like, "I don't want to go out there." He's like, "You know, you gotta come with me." So lo and behold, uh, this girl is there, and uh, Amy was her friend, and they dumped us off on each other. And uh, we hit it off immediately. I wouldn't say it was love at first sight, but we have um, essentially been together every single day since then. How did you know she was the one? The first year I spent in Rhinelander was not an easy one, personally. Um, you know, I'd moved halfway across the country, left everything and everyone I knew. I was making no money. I was very poor. I was miserable. And the, the best way I can describe it was um, as soon as I met her, my life made sense. Like the clouds parted and like I just felt transformed. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners may or may not know this, but Amy has a very rare facial pain condition. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So she has a uh, disease called trigeminal neuralgia. And basically what that is, it's, it's an extremely rare, extremely debilitating neuropathic facial pain condition. So you have a trigeminal nerve on each side of your face, um, and somehow this nerve gets damaged. Um, we don't know exactly why in most cases. 
And the result is uh, electric shock-like stabbing, throbbing, burning uh, pain, uh, episodes of which for a lot of patients happen every day, for some of them all day. Doctors classify it as the worst pain known to mankind. Um, and, and, and in some circles, it's called the suicide disease because the pain for a lot of people is so great um, that, uh, that, that they can't handle it. So Amy has it on the left side of her face, all three branches of, of her uh, face. Um, the disease can be progressive, so occasionally she gets it on the right side too, which is, which is uh, what can happen. Um, she also has something called occipital neuralgia, which is the nerve that goes across the top of your skull. So all those nerves kind of meet up in the same place. So a lot of times people who have trigeminal neuralgia can develop other different kinds of neuralgias because they're all kind of start from the same place. So she has had that. She said that as long as I've known her. She, yeah. she had it when I met her. Um, she, she was recently diagnosed, I think, six months before we met. Um, so, yeah. How do you guys manage that together? I mean, has it brought you closer? Without question. I mean, there is no element or facet of our marriage that is normal. You know, for her, any trigger for the pain, I can give you an example. All right, so any, any, I've not touched the left side of her face in 21 years. I can't touch it. If I touch it, it sends shocking pain. Um, so brushing her teeth, putting on makeup, a hair blower, um, wind is a terrible trigger. So you think of where we live, right? So if the wind is above eight, nine miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, she can't go outside without the risk of an attack. So, I mean, for her, for us, like something as simple as walking the dog together is like a nice treat, right? She also has some autoimmune issues right now, right? So traveling, she, no doctor is going to tell her it's okay to get on a plane without a mask just to be safe. Um, but you can't wear the mask because it triggers the facial pain. Um, so, there is no element of our marriage that is not impacted by the disease, you know, or, or, you know, she could have a bunch of attacks in a certain day and then, and then she wants to rest and then she wants to, but that's the only normal we know. Right. We don't know any other, any other way of life. It's not like we were this, this jet setting couple who went, you know, mountain biking and trekking, you know, you know, on beach vacations, then it was all taken away from us. Um, and was that a conversation you guys had to have in the beginning, just about how you would handle that moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a conversation I had with myself very early, right? So, you know, we had been dating, and she had had a brain surgery, I think, three months after we were dating to try and fix her trigeminal neuralgia, this, this um, operation called a microvascular decompression. For some people, the cause of their TN is an artery will be pressing against the nerve. And if they can separate those two, the nerve gets a little bit of relief. Uh, they went in to see if there was a compression. There was no compression. You know, I think we'd been dating four months or so at that point. And I think, you know, I knew how I felt about her, but I think I had to really come to a decision myself and say, um, all right, listen, I don't, this may never change. This may be what this is forever. I know I love this woman, right? Do I love her enough to give up on a lot of things that, that maybe I might have to? Um, either stay or go. Right. Don't waste, don't waste this girl's time 
if you're not willing to make that uh, sacrifice. So I don't think it was ever a talk that she and I had. Um, you know, we've we've talked about elements of that, but that kind of talk, I think, was something that I had more internally with myself. Right. So Amy sounds like a bad ass. She deals with you. She oh, deals dude, with this. Forget it. Are you inspired every day by her? Oh, she's the toughest person I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like her pain threshold, like the amount she's able to do in a day is like, it's insane. If I had, if I had what she had, like I, and I don't, I don't, I don't mean this flippantly. Like I, I honestly think I'd have checked out long ago. Like, I don't know how she does, how she is so like, I wasn't feeling well yesterday and I just felt awful, just terrible. And then I'm like, and she's like, oh, I got to go downstairs and do my physical therapy. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. Yeah. What, what are you What are you exercising for? Can I just, can I be sick? Right. And she's so great with that. Where she's like, don't, you know, she's always like, never let my condition impact how you feel. If you're sick, you're sick. It happens. Right. And she's the best. Like when I'm sick, man, she's like the the, the best nurse you could imagine. Um, and us men are big babies. Oh. The man God. flu. Forget about it, dude. But she, uh, yeah, that that is a perfect. She she is a badass, yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, and you guys do this laugh your face off event, obviously to help people dealing with this. You just had eighth annual event. Yes, yeah, we've we we did. This was our eighth year. We raised uh, five hundred nineteen thousand. So we've raised uh, three point one million since wow. we started this thing in two thousand fifteen. How rewarding is that? Do you hear from people that you're helping as well? Yeah, I mean it's. Um, it's the most rewarding thing I do, hands down. You know, I think one of the one of the best rewards too is just the awareness we've raised. Right, like so many people who get this disease, they get misdiagnosed for years. Like some people have gone 15, 20 years misdiagnosed, teeth pulled, root canals, injections they shouldn't have, had, just butchered. One of the greatest rewards for us is people being like, I'll get emails, people saying like, hey, you know, um, I saw what you guys did. I saw Amy's story. I saw Laugh Your Face Off. I knew exactly what I had. I went to my doctor and got a diagnosis. So when we can save people from years of misdiagnosis and mistreatment, like that, that's just as rewarding as any of the other stuff. Right. I mean, I think our viewers, they watch you and they, you can be very polarizing, right? And some people may hate you, some people may love you, but you right. you on mm-hmm. air are a certain way, but everything I think that we've just discussed, I think it's um, it's nice to get to know this side of Pat Thomas. I think most viewers can kind of see through what's humor and what's genuine and what's what, what's what, who the real person is. But it's not like... It's not like there's room for that on the show. Right. It's not like I'm going to be like, hey, before I get to these Bears highlights, let me tell you how much I love my wife. Yeah. Can I <laughs> can I tell you about my thoughts on the afterlife? Like, there's no, you know, there's... No. Well, that's it, why we do this podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is the WGM Morning News Podcast. Stay tuned. We've got a fun surprise coming up next. A fun surprise. <laughs> Are you excited for it? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I love surprises. Time now for checking in with Conrad. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hello. 
Time for checking in with Conrad. Each week I check in with morning show weatherman Paul Conrad. Let's check in with him now. Hi, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. So this week we are doing something that the WGN Morning News Podcast has never done before. Oh, good. We are embarking on a several-week tour where we sit down with the A-team. We have Pat Tomasulo today. We've got the rest of the A-team as we move forward. Do you have advice for me? So Pat's the first one? He is. We're in that episode right now. Yeah. Boy. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I should have thought this through a little bit more carefully. Um, uh, okay. What's on your mind, Paul? I'm beginning to think that we need to cancel all this BS research we're doing on traveling to Mars and the moon and all this other stuff. Like, we haven't been to the moon in 50 years. Think of the budget and the money that we've been spending. We haven't done jack squat. Meanwhile, back here on Earth where it matters, no one is moving to the moon or Mars anything. We're blowing all this money. I'm waiting 20 minutes in the line at Chick-fil-A, right? Like how, like we, until we get things like this straightened out, like, the intersection at Chicago Avenue and Halstead. Like, I shouldn't be in a line for 15 minutes to get through an intersection while we're blowing tons of money talking about moving to Mars. Give me a break. That's all I'm thinking about. All right. This has been Checking In with Conrad. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hello. Time for Checking In with Conrad. We'll have more with Pat Tomasulo coming up. I can hear the tone of your voice like it's got this great apologetic like, all right, that was checking in. This is the WGN Morning News Podcast. We're here with Pat Tomasulo. Pat, you're the sports anchor here on the WGN Morning News, but you also do stand-up comedy. Do you remember the first time you did stand-up? Yeah. Yeah, of course. First, do you guys think this is going well? Are we having fun? I'm having a great time. Okay, yeah. just want to make sure. All right. Uh, yeah, I remember the uh, first time I did stand-up. It was, uh, God, had to be a little over 12 years ago. Uh, I used to go out to L.A. once a year when I had an agent. I'd go and uh, take meetings with, with different networks and casting agents and all that stuff. And uh, I was like, you know what? I've really always wanted to try stand-up. That's always been one of my goals. So I'm going to compile a list of all the open mics in and around the LA area, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try it. I got my te- I got my five minutes or ten minutes. I got I'm ready to do this. So I make the list and blah blah blah. And it's uh, all right. It's Wednesday, so today's the day I'm going to do it. I go to the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Well, I didn't realize that the Laugh Factory on Hollywood, you had to get there at a certain time and sign up, and there was a line, and they take the first 10, and I was number 12, so I didn't get in. So I'm like, well, I'm I'm de- determined. Today is the day. Let's see who else is doing uh, open mics tonight. Oh, here we go. El Cid Mexican Restaurant in El Segundo. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a pretty good alternative to the world-famous Laugh Factory. So I drive out to El Cid. And I show up, and there's a guy at the door, and I said, oh, is this the open mic tonight? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you guys you guys have comics, right? And he goes, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, for future reference, if any of you are ever looking to make your debut in stand-up comedy at an open mic, and you ask a guy at a Mexican restaurant if they do stand-up comedy, he hesitates, shrugs his shoulders, and says, eh, yeah, that means no. That means they don't do stand-up 
but he was more than willing to take my five dollars because she had to pay for stage time so i go in and i get my my draw i'm like ninth on the list and i'm standing in the back it, it's folk singer poet mexican folk singer you know jazz trio yeah not a single comic in the lot i get up there i bombed so hard like i've never seen an audience angry before <laughs> i've had a lot of bad shows easily six people got up <laughs> and left during my set and i finished my time and i got off stage and i was like well that was a fun experiment and i'm never doing that again the next night i go to the haha ha comedy cafe on lancashire in la and i they had an open mic and i was just going to watch because i was done and i'm watching and everybody there was terrible and was getting laughs i'm like all right let me give this one more shot i got up i did the same routine and i crushed oh crushed and, and afterwards like all the comics we're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like it was like a scene out of one of those kids' movies where the kid delivers like the speech at the end and everybody's around him and shaking his <laughs> hand. And that was me at the end of this set. And I was like, all right, well, maybe that's how comedy is supposed to go. So thankfully, after that set, I came back to Chicago and then I started tagging along with Mike Toomey on some of his shows. And uh, I got the bug and just kept on going from there. So you. Your first set, nightmare Awful. bomb. People are angry. Awful. People left during the set. And then when you bombed that night, yeah. what's going through your head? Oh, God, it was so long ago. Um, I don't remember being that affected by it. Like, I don't remember being like, oh, man, that ruined my night. I think I was just kind of like, well, that's a fun story to tell. And you think to yourself, I'm done. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, that was a good experiment. And then you go to the next one. Yeah. So if you don't go to that next one, it's over. It's over. And I just went to the next one because I had nothing to do. I was like, well, let me see what an open mic is like at a comedy club. And it was, it was a totally different experience. Uh, there was also a part of me that kind of knew I would try it again because I'm just too stubborn and too, you know, obstinate to, like, give up after, after one failed attempt. So do you have any regrets at this point? I mean... Of starting stand-up comedy? Yeah. Uh... No, I think uh, being a stand-up comedian is a completely healthy and well-adjusted thing for people to do. I think to um, subject yourself to strangers' approval night after night and have your day <laughs> dictated by their reaction to you, no, I think that's a, that's a perfectly healthy thing to, to do in your life. I would say there's some parallels between what you do when you get on stage for stand-up and what you do here on the show yeah. in terms of the stuff that you and I do together and you and Ross as well yep. when you make bits for our show and you make videos. Uh, how is the process different or similar or, or do you approach them the same way? Or uh, Yeah, it's different because I have you do most of the work uh, <laughs> when, when we do a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I come up with a lot of the ideas and the uh, things I want to do and then I go and then uh, you edit it so that's the best part of it mm -hmm. is that you have to do all of that that's great that you acknowledged that <laughs> yeah no, I've, I think I've acknowledged that to you before sure. and thanked you profusely for the work that you do yeah uh, so yeah that's that's the big difference there <laughs> okay um, the other big difference is that if it doesn't work the only people whose silence I have to deal with are Larry and Robbins and I'm used to that by now, believe me. Uh, you know, it's never fun dealing with the silence of 300 audience members. No. Mm. Which happens, all right? Like when you're working on new stuff, like some stuff, you're like, this is killer. 
this is the be- uh, this is the best joke I've written all day. And then these 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 dopes don't laugh at what you said. You're yeah. like, yeah, what you know. But in terms of how you approach the work, like you sit down and you're you're banging I'm, I'm out ideas. I'm yeah. You're writing, and yeah. then you, how much is revision? How much is you, do you spend a lot of time sort of obsessing over an idea and yeah. crafting I'm a, it, I'm a molding it? Like I know I know there are some stand ups like. Uh, some guys and, and women can get on stage with just a, like a couple of thoughts. Like, you know, they get, get a bunch of thoughts when they're walking around and they write them down and they, you know, they're like, oh, this is, this is a bit and this is something, this is something. And then they, they get on stage and they explore it that way. That's not me. I gotta, I gotta write it. Um, you know, I heard like Jerry Seinfeld describe how he does it. Like he obsesses over every word. And sometimes like for me, that's, that can make or break a bit is just swapping the placement of two sentences. That can make all the difference in the world. Changing one word in a joke, you know, oh, this bit this bit should not go at the end. It should go at the beginning, mm. and then it changes the whole trajectory of the bit. Mm. It's a science, man. I'm a scientist is really what Pretty I Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Do you wear a lab coat? Yeah, when I write, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a, with a pocket protector, yes. Is Amy into that or? Um, in terms of, in terms of how do you dressing up like a comedy scientist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been together for... Uh, 21 years it's gonna take a lot more than a lab coat at this point oh. <laughs> when you look at stand-up comedy what's next or what have you not done i i don't know i think i'm figuring that out i think right now i just want to work on putting out the best material i can working on a new hour and um you know enjoying it well pat each week we ask listeners to call in and ask questions for our guest here's a voicemail from this week question for pat how did you end up working in chicago and in- how did you feel about moving here? Uh, how did I end up in Chicago? Uh, they, I was looking to get out of Buffalo, and my agent was sending tapes all over the country, and it just so happened that this show had an opening, and I saw uh, a couple of clips of what they did on this show, and I knew immediately that I had to be here and that no other sports guy would be a fit for this show but me. And so I came in here. Uh, I wanted to be in Chicago very badly because when I was in Wisconsin, we had come down to Chicago a number of times to hang out, and I absolutely loved the city. And I could not believe in my wildest dreams that I was going from Buffalo uh, to Chicago. It was mind-blowing to me. Um, So I was thrilled when I got this job. And do you still like Chicago? Yeah, I love Chicago. I do. I'll, I'll be honest, there are... Uh, elements of Chicago that concern me nowadays. You know, I'm I'm looking around a little bit more when I get in my car. But other than that, I still, you know, I still love it. You do. I really like it. <laughs> You've gone from love to like yeah, it. I really like it. If we could just eliminate some of those other things, it'll elevate to love again. Okay. I've got uh, got a little tip for for Mr. Pamasulo tip about the old Ponce crime family. You heard me. That uh, B-roll emporium that uh, Dan and Anthony are running, just a big old big old Ponzi scheme for the godfather, Bill. Let me tell you something. More of those WTTW bags than uh, just books. You catch what I'm saying. I've already said too much. Anyway, Pat, you're interested. Give me a call. No, I, I'm aware of uh, what's going on with the Ponces. My my uh, issues with them go go way back and way deep. Um, 
you know, obviously with Phil when I did Man of the People, him trying to sabotage my show all of the time. Uh, I don't know Anthony that well. I have no beef with Anthony. Um, you know, Dan, I want to punch him in the mouth every day when I see him. He's just a bad guy. You guys have met. I mean, he's just, <laughs> just you talk about just a real, real problem child, that Dan Ponce. Anyway, I've already said too much now. Hey there. Uh, this one's for Pat. Uh curious to hear about some stories where uh upper management got pretty mad at him for something that he's done because i'm sure there's been a couple times uh he's pushed the boundaries so we'd love to hear about that thanks guys this is a, a delicate one i will say this i don't think i've ever been in serious trouble in this place hard as that may be to believe uh there was one instance And I didn't get in trouble for this, which is (laughs) remarkable. I got no trouble for this. I may or may not have questioned the existence of a certain holiday icon. Are we reading between the lines here? I think so. Yeah. And maybe, okay, I said there was no existence of this thing on TV. And the co-anchors I I was with were horrified. So naturally, me being 28 and an idiot, I doubled down and continued (laughs) going on a rant about it. Well, the phone lines lit up. But I don't know where this rumor got started that I almost got fired for this. Never even came close to getting to that point. I volunteered to call a couple of viewers. Jen Lyons was our assistant news director at the time, and it fell in her lap. And I said, hey, I'll uh, call a few of these viewers if you want and personally apologize. And she gave me a couple of numbers, and I called a couple of these numbers and was quickly hung up on. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but never was I in trouble <laughs> at any point, which I could not believe. I never got in any trouble. I will say the reaction on social media <laughs> A lot of people thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen in their lives on television. So I will stand by that, that the bit was still good. And, uh, you know. What do you think it would take for you to get in trouble here? (laughs) I really don't know. Can we push that boundary? Uh, Right now, I I think we all know what it would take to get in trouble here. I think it would be. Your favorite word? Yes. (laughs) I think if I said my favorite word on the air, I think that. What is your favorite word? It's a compound word. Uh And uh, you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Pat, uh, first time caller, long time listener. I'll hang up and wait for my answer. Is that Bill Kissinger? (laughs) Uh, For those who don't know, that's Bill Kissinger, writer for the show. These two thought they could slip him by me. Well, he he called in, but he confuses easily. So (laughs) I think he forgot to ask a question. Do you have any response to that? He's He's a moron? That's my response. A lovable moron, but a moron. All right. Don't forget, listeners, next week we'll be talking to morning show anchor Larry Potash. If you've got a question for Larry or any of the other morning show anchors, call 773-883-3323. One more time. That's 773-883-3323. Pat, do you have anything to promote, like a movie or a book? I am performing at the Beverly Arts Center on New Year's Eve. Ooh. It's going to be a nice early 7, I think it's 7 o'clock show. Okay. Uh, so you can get home in plenty of time to see uh, the awful local New Year's Eve television programming, except ours. Ours is top-notch. Uh, but I will be at the Beverly Arts Center. Uh, you can get you can go on pattomasulo.com to get all tour dates and get tickets to see me uh, ring in the new year. All right, Pat, do you have any questions for us on the way out? Um, 
Do I have any questions for you? How much time are you taking oh, off? Oh, sorry, I'm man. Sorry. We're out of time. That's all the time we have. You've been listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. Tune in next week for Larry Potash. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McBee. And, and good morning, Chicago. Or whenever you're listening to this. We love you. Bye. See ya. WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm going to lunch. Who are you going to lunch with today? Uh, the uh, under 12 coach for my uh, kids' softball league. We're going to go to uh, Fogo de Chow and just uh, have. I'm like. <laughs> and then it goes, wait. My darling, I hunger for your touch. What's your bra size? Qu- <laughs> hey, Dean. Your donuts blow. As far as my underwear goes, um, extra small. Can I borrow $5,000? Absolutely not, Brian. You never lend money to family or friends. Are we friends? Thank you for listening. I love you. <laughs> it's like a sculpture, you know. Mm-hmm. There's the rock, and then you cut away and make from that. Yeah, no, I understand how sculptures are made. <laughs> it's probably a lot like your stand-up sets. Yeah, probably or the right. videos that yeah, we make together. Yeah, there's a lot of crap that gets carved away. Well, hello. First off, I'd like to say I have a question for Mr. Tomasulo. But first, I don't like it when people call him Tomasucco. I don't think it's polite. My mama raised me better. So I apologize for all those other infidels out there. Second of all, I'd like to say... Have you ever thought about doing some dancing? Because you fine as hell. I don't think I can say hell. Well, you like Christmas morning. Bing bong. Maybe you and Jerry Payton. I've seen you dance on Mondays. You're beautiful. I love it so much. It's just, mm, I love it. I guess that's my question. Oh, I also have a question for the two hosts, Mr. Say and Mr. Appleby. You funny as hell. Bing bong. <laughs>